You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. He's got it! Oh, baby! Every week, Travis Kura. That's Grey Cup B, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh, nearly intercepted, and it is! And it's over! Ready, set, hunt! And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. It is Travis Kura and Brazilian Tide. It's the earliest I've done anything in weeks, and couple that with the time change, and here I am recording with your candy ass. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is a family show. (laughs) This is not the Attitude Era. Hopefully this gets me through, man. The uh, golf golf started at like 6 a.m. The NASCAR race starts at 12.30. The Briar Final's on tonight. We have a limited amount of time. Where we can uh, fit this in, man. Look, I, I know this is a platform of about three people, but why are we wasting our time with the playing with the clocks thing? Oh, it's a joke. It's but, an absolute joke. You know, maybe it's part. Maybe it's my point of view is the latitude that we live at. <laughs> like June, does it need to be sunny in Alberta at eleven p.m.? <laughs> No, because I I go to bed at nine thirty. Like I, you just make my life hell. I think Ty would like sunlight to be from about ten a.m. to four p.m. No, daily. no, I, I could I could deal with five a.m. because okay. earlier earlier tea times, and then as long <laughs> as it's dark, if, if it's dark at four thirty, I do not care. Shorter <laughs> work days. Jay's games in the summer start at four o'clock out here. Five yeah. o'clock at home. Oiler games start at seven. But Hawk and Canada starts in a dark out. Like, yeah. oh, I don't have to leave the house. Perfect. <laughs> there we are. Disgruntled daylight saving time. Yeah. Uh, oh, this... I like how you didn't add the S. Very yeah. well. Uh, this episode <laughs> is brought you to you. Speak it by... good. You speak it good. <laughs> brought to you by Taploot's. Oh, wow, I jinxed myself. Taproot Spotlight. This episode of To It Out brought to you by Taproot Spotlight, a service that helps businesses and organizations pay attention to the people they serve, and Taproot tells you the news about the people and companies that are important to you. You can use that information internally to keep everyone on the same page or share it with the world in your newsletter, on your website, and on your social media channels. Paying attention pays dividends. Find out more at Taproot taprootpublishing.ca slash spotlight. It's taprootpublishing.ca slash spotlight. Got to start the show with uh, a big loss to the football world over the weekend, but 95 years old, an absolute legend, Bud Grant has passed away, led the Bombers to four Grey Cups, led the Vikings to four Super Bowl appearances, Zero wins. <laughs> 11 division titles. Just an absolute legend in the football world. And he's got the big statue outside of IG Field in Winnipeg. But uh, one of those living legend characters that is now gone, Ty. And, and you know, one of the most, I wouldn't say recognizable, but like when that name comes up, 
I guess, yeah, recognizable would be the word. Like when that name comes up, everybody that's a fan of this league of a certain vintage and even, yeah. even our generation, like, you know who that is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that, yeah, him and being in Minnesota, that probably helps get the profile a little higher for sure. 18 uh, seasons with the Vikings. So. Right. And I mean, the hapless fight, like, I mean, the Vikings can't do anything right. They actually did that <laughs> right. But, but like, I mean, 18 years of Bud Grant, yeah. uh, but it's just, you know, 95 years. I mean, it's not like we're looking at this as a taken too soon thing. You had a hell of a life, hell of a career. And, and that, that I think that this year in Winnipeg, especially would probably be celebrated more than, more than mourned. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now there's other big news happening in the CFL this week. It seems like every time we come to record in the off season, something happens. So I thank the Canadian football league for making that happen. Does that make us the flagship? <laughs> like they look at our schedule that like we got to do something on this Friday because yeah. they're recording Sunday. We got to get some news out there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe if you could do it in English though, that'd be, that'd be freaking great. <laughs> The Alouettes have a new owner, Pierre Peladeau. That's what we are going with here. He is reportedly worth $1.9 billion. Now, here's that the... Canadian or U.S.? <laughs> hey, that's that's a good point. Uh, this is actually quite, quite fascinating. He is uh, big with uh, Quebecor. Uh, the big telecommunications company in Quebec, which is really interesting on one hand because they kind of compete with Bell Media. And <laughs> that's going to create another just, I'm sure, great dynamic in uh, the room with the Board of Governors. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> when, uh, when that deal, I, can, I think the TV deal is up in 2025. Um, but... The first local Alouettes owner I'm seeing here since the team was founded in the 40s. That is a, the original I, Alouettes. Yes. Or was, yeah. Yes. So I think this is a massive thing to mm-hmm. have ownership in Montreal for that team. Well, and, you know, it gives you that sense of uh, stability. It's not like it's a group, like when. Uh, True North bought the Thrashers. We all knew it was over in Atlanta. Everybody knew it was over. Uh, you know, stuff like that. When Bosley was trying to get an NHL team, knew we, if he was going to buy one, he was going to try to move it. He comes in, buys the Owls. It feels like, you know, he's got the money. He's got the want to keep the team there and possibly looking at stadium options to get out of McGill and stuff like that. Like, it's just trying to build from the ground from the ground up kind of and try to make it so it's a super stable franchise again and, and start winning football games. And then we don't have to worry about the league having to take over again. Now, it, granted that's the Spiegel thing was nobody yeah. saw that coming, how that yeah. all went down. It's, it, it's super, but you know, this is just a step in the complete right direction. And I think the way that uh, he's taking it over, not tied to Quebec or is big as mm-hmm. well. Uh, I think that's that's nice. I know they're in the midst of. I think they're going to take over Shaw Mobile. There's there's all sorts of crap going on that really doesn't need to happen there's, here. I but. mean, there's like three companies in Canada, so I mean, <laughs> I it's just 
Like they're all going to own little pieces of each other. It's like General Electric owning NBC. It's just shuffling assets. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic. But we see what's going on in uh, Hamilton and BC with local owners there. And I think that goes a long way. I, the passion in Winnipeg and Saskatchewan and Edmonton with uh, ownership there being, you know, community owned. I think that goes a, a long way there to passionate uh, people in their community, just loving something that they own. So keeping it in the community. But are you saying, are you saying MLSC doesn't love the Argos? Well, <laughs> they, they seem to pay attention when they win titles uh, for, for a week, three months. Yeah. 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 Maybe I was a bit generous there, <laughs> um, but it was brought up at the press conference from the media. Are we going to keep playing at Percival Molson? What's going on here? It clearly seems to be the factor that's, holding Montreal back from hosting Grey Cups. It's been since 2008, which... And that was at the O. In a city that, like Montreal, mm-hmm. when we're coming up on over 15 years, and 2024 is going to be in Vancouver this year, Hamilton, and the report 2025 in Winnipeg, they can't even run a shuttle system, and they're getting the Grey Cup back. Well, you can so, only fit three people on a horse and buggy. <laughs> They don't even have an airport. How are we going to get there? That drive last time from Thunder Bay was ridiculous. It was not worth it. I don't know why we didn't just drive from Lloyd. (laughs) Sorry, Winnipeg. No, we're not. Hey, well, I mean, with the the championship teams they put on the field and the championship-level facility they have, no matter if it's going to be minus 35 or not, uh, they're going to be getting a great cup. Well, if Neely doesn't take me to a Burger King that's closed, <laughs> I don't hate Winnipeg nearly as much. <laughs> so Montreal's waiting. Uh, by then, 17 years since uh, they've hosted a great cup. So the, the big O won't even have a roof by this point. Yeah, I know. Just take it off. That's got to be the cheapest solution, right? Yeah, but I mean, you go inside and there's more problems, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. I'll be uh, visiting uh, the Big O in August. Uh, so I might be. W- hey, hey, nice. Brazilian Thai celebrating his 35th birthday. By myself <laughs> on Crescent Street. I might not make it home. Just the way you'd like it, man. Yeah, no people. <laughs> so, we'll... Uh, We'll see what's going to happen here. He does appear to have uh, connections with the soccer team in Montreal. Uh, so maybe they'll come up with a joint facility, which I think would be kind of funny if they could work it out and then Toronto is still kind of whatever's going on there. I don't think the whining is as big as like it was a few years ago. Maybe it's because TFC's not as good as they were a few years ago. That's 100% what it is. Yeah, that probably, yeah, exactly what it is. Uh, Mario Schicchini is back as the president for a little bit, but he's now the commissioner of the QMJHL. So <laughs> that's starting in May, so they need the new com- or. Uh, uh, president in Montreal, I, but I mean, I could score 60 goals in the queue. <laughs> There's a lot of interesting uh, stuff to follow. He looks like he knows he's going to have to open up the checkbook mm-hmm. and it's going to take a while to get things rolling in uh, Montreal or get them to where they used to be in Montreal. And it looks like he's ready uh, for that fight. He's seen the success in university football in Quebec 
I don't see a reason <laughs> why professional university football. Right. If, Thank you. If uh, th- there's no reason they shouldn't be able to translate that over mm-hmm. to the to the pros, uh, bring right, up kind of like a grassroots games. kind of thing. Like, yeah, like you can not you can't do feeder systems because of the draft. Like you can't yeah. just have you can't treat it as a farm team, but you can generate talent and have kids stay go to. Montreal or Laval, you, it. I mean, it, scouting isn't can't be that hard in Canada because I mean, the games are easy to get to. You can. It's easier to scout university football here than it is in the states, I would think. Yeah. Um. Just with the the, the number of teams and divisions, it's ridiculous down there. But you know, it, it, if you can get homegrown talent and kids that want to stay or that want to come and play for the Alouettes and stay there long-term and maybe take a little bit less. It's, it's one way you can build a winner. Now, this is quite interesting. Uh, we're talking about the stadium in Montreal. Now, I guess there are some other ownership uh, storylines to follow. Things are pretty quiet right now, but there was some rumblings in Calgary after this past season, what was going to go on there. And there's also whatever is happening in Toronto. I think sometimes they forget that they own a team. So we'll see how long that. Uh, Jay's season starts in two weeks. Like nobody's, nobody in Toronto is going to care until. Yeah. So then ML, MLSE will forget that they have a CFL team. So the, yeah. that's. And once, once the Leafs are out in the first round. <laughs> so that's probably good. Oh, and I would love if it was against Boston too. Uh, I guess that won't happen Tampa. in the first round, but yeah. Tampa. Whoever it is, do the job. Now, <laughs> you have one job. <laughs> the stadium situation here. Interesting note coming out of Halifax now. So, it looks like Touchdown Atlantic, of course, going to be at St. Mary's University. Uh, they're going to convert that stadium the Huskies where they play into a temporary pop-up venue to host touchdown Atlantic CFL executives met with them recently exploring the concept of keeping that they're calling it a long-term pop-up, which is kind of a oxymoron. I I think it's like, it's like my kindergarten class that was in a portable that never left. Yeah. Yeah. The portables that never moved. Yeah. So (laughs) they weren't exactly portable. Not very portable to me, but (laughs) they're exploring the concept of keeping this venue intact long-term for possible future home of a full-time CFL team. So let's see what happens here. Now, and I've kind of thought about this recently. I think Western CFL fans were probably a little bit spoiled when it comes to the venues where we get to watch uh, other than the one in Calgary, where we get to watch <laughs> football. <laughs> like, we've got IG Field and Mosaic Stadium, even Commonwealth and BC Place. Just, I mean, great facilities to watch football. And then I was thinking, you know what? The ones in the East, no offense to our friends in the East, are just more basic facilities. <laughs> like, I, I had a great cup at BMO, and I had one at uh, Tim Hortons Field, and hey, they're great places to watch games. They are, but it, it's not Mosaic State. <laughs> it's, the sa- it's the same with McMahon. It's like, great sight lines and everything, but yeah. everything else about that place sucks. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe they're going to make this work in Halifax with the long-term pop-up solution, and then 
is it a build it and then they will come sort of thing here? I think this is what Randy wants his legacy, legacy. to be. Kohan was able to, you know, finalize the deal, get these new stadiums, and get uh, get Ottawa back in, Maybe. all while being dressed to the nines. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had that <laughs> fashion sense. I don't know if it's sense or if he has somebody who does it for him, more or less. Yeah, I need somebody to dress me, and then. Uh, Maybe Randy just wants this uh, schooners thing to happen, and I do too. At at some point, though, we're beating a dead horse. Yeah, like I mean, yes, the pop up stadium is great, but there's with everything that's happened in the last three years. I know it's just not feasible right now, and yeah. I don't see Randy being in this spot long enough for it to happen under his tenure. Because well, people, it seems like the tide is turning. Like when Randy first came in. Everybody loved him he, because he was such a stark compare or a stark contrast to Jeffrey Orange. But now we're 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 so far into this; it's the same crap. There's no actual answers. It's all lawyer speak. It's all quiet on the Western Front when it comes to some stuff where we won't even talk about it. Never gets brought up, and people are just getting tired of that too. So, how the Board of Governors feels, I don't know because he has led. They might like him. The, yep. Yeah, through the COVID pandemic and everything and you know we didn't lose any franchises yes lost money for sure in that 2020 year but you know came back was able to get a full schedule back you know relatively quick we had one short season but you know so maybe the board of governors like that money wise and and where the league is at but i mean side of the fans like i don't think yeah getting the schooners would be great and i think people on the east coast would love it but i don't know how much that saves them with the fans and it would have to stick at least this off season, we're not talking about four downs yet. So, I mean, uh, it's early. <laughs> it is early. It's not even Masters week yet, man. There's lots of time left. <laughs> uh, back to the Montreal Alouettes, where they've announced their coaching and football operations staff for the 2023 season. Tyrell Sutton back in Montreal as the running backs coach. And, uh, Man, we're, we're feeling old where we had this podcast for most of his CFL career, and now oh, he's man. coaching. <laughs> I love to watch this guy run. So if the Alouettes can have guys uh, running like Tyrell Sutton, they mm-hmm. are in good shape. But maybe we are old. Jason Moss, Anthony Calvillo, Luke Broder, Jordan, Tyrell Sutton, all coaches in Montreal. <laughs> I mean... I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> hey, this your mustache is now entering like its teenage years. So, what what is it like a dog? <laughs> Ty's uh, mustache lives in dog years. Yeah, uh, well, but it's getting shaved off next Sunday. So next Sunday, why? What's the occasion? I'll be home. <laughs> oh, is that what you do? You restart it every time? Yeah, oh, really? Okay. okay. <laughs> Because <laughs> I work outside and then I don't want to have to work outside when I'm home so I can shave. So I got okay. a really bad neck crap going on right now. So I'm just going to Is it itchy? Oh, <laughs> the worst. <laughs> and I get stuck in my under armor and it just rubs. Oh, <laughs> terrible. 
We did uh, just, well, it is Women's History Month. Uh, International Women's Day was on Wednesday. Uh, there's really cool stories about women across the CFL. Allison Sobel is the manager of football operations with the Montreal Alouettes. And then also in Ottawa, the Red Blacks hiring Nadia Ducour as the offensive quality control coach. It seems like the uh, CFL really leaders on this front, I think. Well, maybe that's my bias coming out mm-hmm. on the uh, professional sporting front. It's really awesome to see uh, lots of women working in the front office and on teams as well and being a part of the football operations. It's so awesome to see in the CFL. Right, and I mean, huge step, uh, you know, when it comes to diversity, quality, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and Brian Dable, the head coach for the Giants, last week said, I don't care what, like if you're male, female, black, white, Asian, whatever. If you're the best candidate for the job, then you should be the one that's hired. Absolutely. And there's no reason to not do that. Now, in, in professional sports, you get the, well, they've never played at this level. I know. Um, which, I mean, there is an argument to be made. It, it can't be the whole argument. It's a small part for sure. But if they're around the game, why can't they learn as much as somebody who has played? Like, yeah, it's a little different way to do it, but there's no reason you can't. Well, let's face it. If they're not given the chance, I mean, how how do you expect them to even try? There's a lot of coaches of every sport that never played at the high level Mm -hmm. either. So, yeah, they got there somehow. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Don Cherry, Don Cherry, one game in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Those who... Well, you know. <laughs> now, Teach speaking, Jim. speaking of coaching, uh, Henry Burris no longer coaching with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, he was uh, the club's offensive control coach, which, by the way, can I say that some of these positions are kind of getting a little bit out of hand? But uh, <laughs> And the NFL has a license to print money. Yeah. It was with the Jags last year. Now he's he's not he's looking to move up as a uh, quarterbacks coach somewhere in the league. He has had some uh, interviews throughout the NFL, but it'll be fun to see what Smiling Hank uh, is up to this year. Either way, I think he's got uh, things to fall back up in Canada if he wants to <laughs> come back and make a run with I loved him on the panel I love all sorts of stuff with uh, uh, with him there is so. a team right now that just had to change quarterbacks that could probably help that could probably use the help getting turned around <laughs> the fan base would greatly appreciate it maybe it could be like a redemption story for him yeah, yeah. Not hey. names 47 years old. I think he's probably still got some. Uh, <laughs> some that, I was there. not going there. I wasn't going to say he'd come start. <laughs> On the field stuff, uh, the Toronto Argonauts making some interesting signings over the past couple of weeks. Uh, they've signed uh, the quarterback Cameron Dukes, a name which uh, I think people have heard in football circles. I mean, when you're born in Kentucky, uh, yeah, you're, you're probably born playing football at about two months old. Or they basketball. Also, yeah. Every <laughs> time all... I hear Dukes, though, all I can think of is semi-pro. Oh. <laughs> the guy at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> they also bring in uh, David Ungerer III, 
who has spent uh, the last several seasons with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. He is 27 years old. Uh, I, I didn't think he got into the games as much as he maybe should have in Hamilton. So we'll see if he can make it happen in Toronto. But I, I found this signing extremely interesting, Ty. <laughs> Dontrell Inman is back in Toronto. Uh, he's 34 years old now. He spent seven seasons in the National Football League. He has almost 2,500 career yards in the NFL, 13 touchdowns. But he was with Toronto when they won the 100th Grey Cup <laughs> at home. Wow. I, we'll see that, was a name, that was a name I totally forgot about. I, was, I had to do a double take. When I yeah. saw that he was coming back to Toronto. It, it feels like Ryan Smith signing back in Edmonton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after, what, what team did he play for? The uh, Islanders. Was it Stony, no, Stony Plain. Oh, the Stony Plain Eagles when he got yeah. absolutely destroyed in front of the net and deserved it. Don't, <laughs> don't watch your pass. Don't cut across the middle, you muck. Stony Plain Eagles, yeah. Back to the Oilers. Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, but no, Don Charles Inman is coming back, and we'll see what he uh, makes happen this year. And on other wide receiver news, Darrell Walker is going to green and white. The former Edmonton Elk, the former Toronto Argo, did play with uh, Trevor Harris in Edmonton. Didn't have maybe the success that he thought he would have in Edmonton, mm-hmm. but nobody really had the success they thought they would have the last couple of years. In yeah, Edmonton. yeah. Early in his career in Edmonton, playing with uh, Mr. Michael Riley was uh, when Walker really came onto the scene. 2015. 2015. Injury. In 12 games, he had over 1,100 yards, and then he does the full 18 games in 2016, has almost 1,600 yards. So he was an absolute that was our, monster. I believe that was our last year of Fantasy. Oh, and you owned him? I picked him up as soon as – was it Bowman that got hurt? Oh, maybe. And I, I'm yeah. like, well, screw you guys. Nobody's touching any free agents, <laughs> and I got him, and it took me all the way to the final. Yeah, he was an absolute monster in those early years. He last had a 1,000-yard season uh, in 2019 with the Argos. He had 874 yards in 16 games last year. So, I I mean, I I thought at times struggled a little bit, but he doesn't turn 32 until June. He's Mm -hmm. played with Trevor Harris before. There's some upside in this signing and for the, the Riders. Wide, the wide receiver core in Saskatchewan is quietly improving mm-hmm. from what they started with when the season ended. Uh, and with Trevor Harris back there, like you said, like a little bit of success that he's had with Darrell Walker, success he's had with Winnicky, like that's that's going to be huge for that team and those guys, and they're going to be able to put up numbers. Yep. Yep, and he gets rid of the ball so quick that that helps out his receivers as well. Yeah, for sure. This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Edmonton Public Schools. Get ready to take the guesswork out of choosing a school. Go to Edmonton Public Schools Open House. Meet the staff and ask your questions to learn about their schools and programs. 
explore your options, and find the school that feels right. Find event dates and learn how to make the most out of your visit at openhouse.epsb.ca. Know before you go and feel confident and excited when you get there. Now, we are in combine season. At the beginning of March, the Invitational Combine did happen. Uh, Now, 12 players from that are going to be sent to the National CFL Combine, March 22nd to the 26th in Edmonton. And then uh, the CFL Draft coming up May 2nd. So, what would a two-and-out combine look like? I feel like if we are ever in the same place for any amount of time during the month of March, we need to design a two-and-out combine. Uh, what would... <laughs> what well, would I know one of them is going to be drinking beer. <laughs> it would be pretty boring to watch, like, for an entire night. Or would it? I don't no. know. <laughs> Uh, the two and out combine. What events should be in there? I'd love to. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, if you're listening on Twitter, you can head to the website twoandout.ca and click uh, mailbag and send us an email and join Michael Walker, who every once in a while still sends us emails. Our, our number one listener, other than Brazilian Ty's mom, who seems to go on a binge. She'll listen yeah. to like 40 episodes in two weeks and then catch well, up. Well, she does housework here. and stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. But she listens to my actual radio show, so yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> Her and I am a wild, wild Marty. <laughs> oh, we have too much fun on the radio and we have too much fun on tune out <laughs> we'll be back in a couple weeks you can rate review and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcatcher and on youtube as well brazilian Thai, what's up i'd say they keep your stick on the ice but we both know how you fare oh on the ice <laughs> so I, think my best, knee. I think it's best if you just stay off my knee is still <laughs> It's like uh, my high school colors, purple and gold, maybe a little bit Carpe of Carpe diem, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's the ice with the slight dusting of snow on top. That mm. is my kryptonite. Man. Yeah, that, that's a kryptonite for one of our assistants, too. He's had a week off because he slipped on the ice uh, on, the sick, on one of the two sick days he took after payday. So, I mean... <laughs> Cool. He must it's have been, been really, really fun. Sick, eh? Oh yeah, super sick. It's been really fun because my assistant went with another guy, so I've been working alone all week. Wow. I've had to get out of the truck. <laughs> so you're having a great week. And I don't even have my Starlink yet, so I don't have any phones. Oh, it's been awful. <laughs> hey. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Hopefully, we'll both be in a better mood. So take care of yourself. (laughs) We'll talk to you soon. We were in great moods today. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.